gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hello, welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast, episode 79, which is entitled Getting Somewhere. Um, I'm your host, G2, and before I get into today's topics, I just want to read you guys off the National Food Days of the Week. Today being June 19th, it is Martini Day, so please drink responsibly. Tomorrow, June 20th, is Ice Cream Soda Day, as well as Vanilla Milkshake Day. June 21st, it is Peaches and Creams Day. June 22nd, Onion Ring Day. June 22nd as well is also Chocolate Eclair Day. June 23rd, Pecan Sandy Day. June 24th, Parlene's Day. June 25th, Catfish Day as well as Strawberry Perfet Day. Or Perfet, however you want to pronounce that. Now before I get into the topics today, I want to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And also Happy Juneteenth Day to all the black uh, Americans out here as well, and all the black people that are in America. Um, Juneteenth was nationally recognized last year. I believe everybody started paying attention to what Juneteenth was last year, and people are still doing it uh, this year. So, happy Juneteenth Day. Um, I just find it a little bit odd that I got a message from my local bank, and it told me that they will be taking off uh, tomorrow, June 20th, in holiday of Juneteenth. I was perplexed by that because how are you taking off June 20th when you like Juneteenth is today on a Sunday it doesn't make sense how you take off on a Monday so that tells you right there ladies and gentlemen the banks are way more smarter they're trying to get as much uh time off as much as they can they're not trying to show up at least the banks where I'm at this bank is straight up like nah we're just gonna be off so uh I don't understand how people are working if the banks aren't open I don't know how that's stuff even possible that's just my head going off on the tailspin here um again happy father's day to all the men out there um happy father's day to my father uh it's funny it's a running thing with me um my thing with father's day is that is looked at as give your father's uh hard work hard uh hardware tools type deal because if you look on any commercial when it talks about father's day is always uh give them this type of chainsaw or give them this type of tool belt or yada 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 it's always hardware type of things it's never ever uh a gaming console it's never ever any type of jewelry it's never ever any type of suits never any type of uh cars never any type of even jewelry it's never that it's always hardware stuff so i always find it funny that whenever father day rolls around it's always Here's a toolbox. Here's tool belts. Give him, give, give him what he wants. I don't think a lot of dads want tools, to be honest with you. And I'm just waiting for the day for some dude to just walk up and just yell at commercials. And there's gonna be a viral video of that a dude just yelling saying, "Yo, we don't want tools. We want this, this, or this." I'm just waiting for that day to come around because I'm personally gonna laugh about it because that's always been my thing when I've been thinking about Father's Day. What do you give a father? Because to be honest with you, there's nothing like really advertised like that on commercials. But Mother's Day is always jewelry or some type of iPad or something like that. They give like the 
Mother's Day treatment with advertising. Because trust me, I should know I'd be getting ads on my emails and all that type of stuff about advertising for Mother's Day and all that type of stuff. It's just funny to me that when Father's Day always rolls around, there's always hardware stuff. So that's always been my running thing to my father. Just like, hey, yo, hardware, hardware stuff. And it's always, it's, it's, it's a funny thing for me personally. But um, again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And also happy uh, Juneteenth to people. Um, Before I also get into the topics, let me just give you guys a update on my life personally. Because um, right now, I am not in school right now for this term. I'm being in school in July and then from then on out till December. But um, where I'm at is hot. Um, of course, it's in the south. It's going to be heated all throughout this summer. That's always been the case. And um, I got a tattoo. My first ever tattoo was weird. Not in the case that uh, the tattoo shop was dirty or anything. No, that tattoo shop was clean. It was uh, no dust, no nothing. It was real nice, uh, friendly um, workers, employees there. My tattoo artist, he was real friendly. He was... Um, talkative whenever the tattoo started and all that type of stuff. It's just that whenever I first thought about the idea of getting the tattoo and floating it over a couple years ago, it's always just been a thought. And I was like, eh, I'll, I'll get a tattoo or maybe not. It's just constantly been a thought. And then this year, whenever my uh, birthday came around, I talked to my folks and I told them that I was getting a tattoo. Once I brought it to their attention, they're saying, yo, I'm going to get a tattoo. They didn't believe in it. They said, you're not going to get a tattoo. So once I start putting my uh, wheels in motion and start putting uh, feet and put getting numbers and calling up places, and I got the place I want to get my tattoo from and looked at the artist and get a consultation, and I told them about it. They were like, oh, you're really getting one. Okay, cool. So this week, Friday, I got the tattoo. I went in, sat down on the chair. I was nervous because I didn't know what to expect. You always hear about the tattoo, your first tattoo is this and that. I looked at videos saying where's the best place to get it and all that type of stuff. I got it on my forearm, not too big. It's a nice size, not on the veins. Um, And once he started, I thought it was going to be unbearable pain. I thought I was going to be yelling and ah, all that type of garbage because when you hear about tattoos, you hear about people talk about the pains of the tattoos and all this type of uh, stuff. But for me, I was chewing gum, and once it started, the first time he started uh, tatting me up with the lettering, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't as bad. I mean, of course, it's going to hurt you because you have a needle jab you right in the skin, but it is bearable. It's like, you can sit through this and, like, get it. It wasn't until he got to the top of closer to the elbow like when you fold your arm in like if you're curling it like right there that's whenever he started getting that lining up and that's whenever like oh okay now we're at the ball field now we're here now this is whenever they talk about that type of pancaking in because that i ain't gonna front i i clamped down on my jaw a lot with the gum on that part because that one really kicked me hard but in the end i was able to get it through thick and through done and done and tattoo looks nice i just gotta heal up for these next two weeks, can't touch it, I clean it, but I can't, like, touch it, like, you know, how people, like, touch their tattoos, like, oh, here it is, ooh, like a kid in, with a new toy, I can't touch it, the only thing I can do is look at it, and I've been looking at it for the past, uh, two days, Saturday and today, um, 
I've just been constantly looking at him like, hmm, I got this. I got this on me, and I'm I'm happy about it because this is the first thing, to me personally, I've done for myself, and um, I'm happy about it. And uh, I, at this moment right now, they always say when you get your first tattoo, it's addictive. I don't see how so. For me, I don't have an addiction uh, personality. I don't have something like, ooh, when it's something I like something, I get so addicted to it. This is like, okay, cool. I got my tattoo. I got what I wanted. All right, cool, fine. I'm thinking I'm going to move on to something else. If I really want to do something, I'll get something else. But um, I don't see me getting a tattoo anytime soon, to be perfectly honest with you. If I probably do get a tat- another tattoo, it probably got to be, again, something special. I'm only going to get tattoos of things that are special to me. This first tattoo is literally special because it represents my family on it. And um, if I happen to get another one, it has to be something of meaning and of value to me and whatever I get tattooed on. But I just want to give you guys that update because um, I think I'd be talking about the topics a lot and I don't ever really add a personable uh, side to this podcast, to be honest with you. So I'm glad to open up and give you guys that. And also, if you guys are ever going to get a tattoo... Please do your research. Please look up on YouTube and look up uh, videos. There's inked or tatted. One of the two. It's one of those two uh, things on um, YouTube. And it's done by tattoo artists. It's talking about the best place to get a tattoo. Their tattoo horrifying stories and all this type of stuff. Look at those and start examining your places where you might want to get a tattoo. Or your idea of what you want as a tattoo and all that type of stuff. Because trust me, as soon as I made the... Uh, consultation uh, appointment immediately on my YouTube and I was not even looking for it. I was just going to go in blinded, go into a tattoo shop, literally blind as a mouse. My uh, YouTube popped up and the first video that literally popped up was best place to get a tattoo. And I was like shocked by it, but I was like, oh yeah, the internet kind of follows you and it hears what you're saying. So uh, I wasn't too shocked, but I was like, oh, okay, so that's cool. But um, again, do your research. Please find uh, the best place. If you want to get a tattoo, get a tattoo. For me, it was at Elite Tattoos in Myrtle Beach. It was a nice uh, shop. Again, I would highly recommend going there. Um, again, friendly staff. So again, this is not an ad, but again, I do put my endorsement on it because my first tattoo was a nice tattoo, and it's um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Also... Now off to that, another thing of starting off with good. Uh, congratulations to the NBA uh, Finals champions, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry got his fourth uh, NBA ring. I don't really pay attention to the NBA so much. Again, I don't do that. My brother takes care of that stuff. Um, I just want to say congratulations because I say congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams when they won the Super Bowl. Football's more my thing. But... um. I want to say congratulations to them. And also, I was watching ESPN on first take. They were going hard on a guy named uh, Jason uh, Tatum. And they were going hard on him. Apparently, he's like the figurehead and like the center player for... Not the center player, but like the focal star of the Boston Celtics. And I didn't like how they were going too hard on him. But uh, Jay Williamson did announce that after he did give him that many critiques, he said that, hey, yo, he still got some time to get better because Kobe didn't win it until he was like 20, what, 29. And he went on the list of Kobe Bryant. Well, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and a couple more other players that are legendary in the NBA. So he still has time to correct himself. So if you happen to hear this, Jason uh, Tatum, first of all, we'll say hello. And secondly, uh, don't worry about the criticism. Just get better and just uh, 
do well at your craft. That's all I got for you, man. But again, uh, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors and all uh, everybody that happens to like Golden State. Now, on to the topics of uh, today's episode. The first topic is from the Associated Press as it reads, Two dead, one hurt in church shooting suspect was detained. As it reads, a lone suspect fired on a small group meeting at a suburban church near one of Alabama's major cities Thursday evening, fatally wounding two people and injuring a third before being taken into custody, authorities said. The attack occurred at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in the Birmingham suburb of Vista Via Hills, police captain Shane Ware said. He said officers rushed to the church after the dispatchers got a call reporting an active shooter at the church at 6.22 p.m. From what we've gathered from the circumstances of this evening, a lone suspect entered a small church group meeting and began shooting. Three people were shot. Two people are deceased. One person is being treated for an unknown injury at a local hospital, where said at a late Thursday news briefing. He added that a suspect was in custody and that there was no threat to the community at this time. At an earlier briefing, Ware had intentionally said one person died and two others wounded in the shooting had been hospitalized. At the time of this article, the police declined to identify the suspect or the victims or provide further uh, details of the attack. They added that another briefing was planned on Friday. On Friday, during the um, briefing, they would announce that the man that was the shooter, his name was Robert Smith, and he ended up killing three individuals. So the person that was at the hospital ended up dying. Um... And there was more details to the story, by the way. Um, they would say that he was a 71-year-old man who had previously attended services at the church, and he pulled out a handgun at the event, and he killed three elderly uh, participants. Apparently, this was at a uh, church potluck dinner. I did not know that personally, but I can believe that. Um, one of the victim's families said the church was his favorite place and one that welcomes everyone with love. He had been attending the dinner with his wife of six decades. We are all grateful that she was spared and that he died in her arms while she murmured words of comfort and love into his ears, a statement said. So this guy has been charged with capital murder. And you know what? I don't know what to say to anybody by now. Again, I constantly got to say this every time, almost every week when I report and I tell you guys what's going down with certain uh, topics I don't think it's being reported on as much, is that I think the church needs to be a sacred and safe place, even if you might not agree in religion, even though you might not think there's a higher power. There's other people that believe in higher power. There's other people that believe in a God or whatever the case may be. You got to leave those places alone. You got there. There needs to be a legitimate safe ground for people to not get shot at. You would think a church is one of them, but no, constantly. That's becoming a new regiment. You go into a church and just start shooting up. This one just happened to be a 71 year old guy shooting up all elderly individuals. I don't understand. My man got a black eye. So, I mean, he got beat down and tore by somebody before the cops came in or either cops came in and tore him up but if you see his mugshot my man got a black eye but i don't i don't understand this i don't understand why constantly there's now becoming a constant thing it's becoming almost the norm now of seeing like churches getting shot or somebody going to a church and shooting it up it makes no bit of sense to me why is somebody going into a church and shooting it up it makes absolutely no bit of sense i want to wish uh 
prayers and condolences to the families that lost loved ones that wasn't their time. And it doesn't make sense. They were all eight. Well, two of them was 81 was 75, but still it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why they couldn't just go out on their own. Somebody had to shoot them and take them out. It doesn't make any sense at all. I hope they find out why this guy did it because at least you could try to figure something out. Again, certain people have reasoning. Certain people just want to see the world burn. I have no idea. At least we'll at least get something about why this guy decided to uh, start blasting off in a church. But we'll hopefully get uh, some more information as the week goes. Um, also, this comes from uh, CBS News. As uh, you guys are all aware, there was a stoppage last week because there was a group of white supremacists known as the Patriot Front and uh, they were going to try to uh, start a riot at a pride event like close to them. Um, CBS News would write earlier in the week that uh, they will understand they will talk about what is the Patriot Front as it reads the nearly three dozen people arrested for allegedly Conspiring to riot near an Idaho pride event over the weekend appeared to be affiliated with the hate group Patriot Front, police said. The group was called one of the most prominent white supremacist groups in the country by the Southern Poverty Law Center earlier in the year. On Saturday, a police swarmed a U-Haul truck in Idaho after receiving a tip from a witness who said the truck was carrying what looked like a little army. Police Chief Lee White told reporters authorities arrested 31 men dressed in similar blue shirts and khaki pants with some wearing logos and insignias consistent with those of Patriot Front, the chief said. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which monitors extremist ideology, Patriot Front promotes fascism and the creation of a white ethostate or enostate. They are twisting and manipulating and misusing the ideas of patriotism by promoting a white supremacist version of patriotism. The director of American University Polarization and Extremism Research and Innovation Lab told CBS News senior investigator correspondent Catherine Hedridge. The group of men arrested Saturday were charged with conspiracy to riot a misdemeanor and released on bond. White said Monday the group was looking to disrupt events in downtown Idaho where a pride event was being held. Again, see, all right, I got to do this. What are you guys doing? Seriously, white supremacist groups, listen to me, listen to me well. And I mean this in all sincerity and all niceness without me trying to really try to shoot at you guys right now, which you guys should be shot at, not gun-wise, but as in like somebody saying some verbal harsh stuff to you because you guys are doing literal uh, damage to people or trying to do damage to people, but I'm trying to take the nice route here. What the hell are you doing? What are you guys doing? Like, literally, what are you, you guys are trying to eradicate uh, the gays. You're trying to eradicate the blacks. You guys are trying to eradicate uh, the people, the Mexican people. You guys are trying to eradicate uh, people that's coming over from the Middle East. What, what are you guys trying to do? America was never, ever yours. I just want you guys to understand that. I hope you guys understand that, right? America was never, ever yours. It was always the indigenous people, the real, actual Americans people land that was over here before your ancestors literally came over and started tearing up and 
murdering the indigenous people. You guys do know that, right? What are you guys trying to accomplish here? America, your forefathers, and I have to say it again, your forefathers put it in the Constitution that America is for everyone. Literally, come here, the American dream, all that good stuff. What are you guys doing? Because that's what you guys did. History lesson, always. You guys literally left England to come over to this country and try to get away from another person's rule who's trying to tax you guys out the paint and basically make you broke broke and make you guys nothing but poor Sally Mays and have him living rich and his family living rich. That's what you guys did. That's why you guys literally immigrated over to this country. So I'm not understanding why you guys are following some dumb propaganda, some dumb ideology, some dumb manipulation factor. Yes, I don't get it. What are you doing? What's the reasoning for it? You guys need to do better than that. You guys seriously need to do better. And for you guys to try to go at a pride parade or pride event, what are you guys doing? This is June, Pride Month. You guys know what's going down every June, even if you're prejudiced to gay people. You guys know what time it is when it's time for June. It's nothing but parades in some states have parades. Some people have parades in certain cities and all this type of stuff. You guys know what time it is. If you're prejudiced to gay people, guess what you do? You stay your boop-boop butt inside the homes, inside your home until July hits and get in. Guess what? You could don't have to worry about all the rainbows and all that kind of stuff will be taken down because it's only around during June. You guys could have literally waited until July and then go about your day because you only got to live with one month out of the whole entire year if you're prejudiced with, with the rainbow flag being everywhere and being advertised everywhere while the 11 out of the 12 months, there's not rainbow flags being brought up everywhere. So you guys need to understand and do better. If you guys are, are racist because... I live in a realistic world. There are racist people out here. If you don't like a portion of the freaking country that are black or Asian or Hispanic or you get the drift. We all have our own designated months. Just wait those months out because guess what? You got what? Eight out of the 12 or even nine out of the 12 months. So you guys just be able to walk around, do whatever you want and just constantly be white without being advertised of other ethnicities being here, trust me, you guys are good, you guys are fine, don't be jackasses, okay, do about your business, be about your life, I know there's racists out here, I wish that that would not exist anymore, because I think that we're beyond that point, but it's still on here, it's still about that situation, I don't understand it, I don't know what we're doing, you guys just gotta think smarter and, like, be better than that, now, on to another topic. This is from ABC News. It says, California man indicted for allegedly attempting to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh. The California man arrested last week near Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home has been indicted on a charge of attempted assassination. The federal grand jury on Wednesday formally accused 26-year-old Nicholas Roske of Simi Valley of attempting to kill Kavanaugh. According to the indictment, prosecutors will also seek to have Nicholas forfeit various properties if convicted, including firearms and other equipment that authorities said he carried on him at the time of his arrest on June 8th. 
Nicholas was previously charged via criminal complaint with attempt for murder for allegedly making threats against Kavanaugh and showing up armed to Kavanaugh's Maryland home. He was angry over the recent mass shootings at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, and the leaked draft of a Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade, according to an affidavit from an FBI agent submitted last week in support of the criminal complaint. Nicholas arrived at Kavanaugh's home early on June 8th wearing, a bl- wearing black clothes and carrying a backpack, according to the affidavit. A Glock 17 pistol, two magazines, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, screwdriver, nail punch, crowbar, pistol light, and duct tape were inside his bag, according to the affidavit. He was arrested without incident after allegedly calling authorities to tell them he was suicidal and wanted to kill Kavanaugh, police have said. I don't know what to tell you guys. This tells you right here that this guy has some real issues. He needs to get some type of legitimate mental health uh, issues, like like psychiatric, like really need to have be sit down with somebody and really talk to and talk about and talk about his issues. Because by God, I just listed off all the stuff that he had inside his bag. And he ended up calling the authorities on himself and saying that he was suicidal and wanted to kill Kavanaugh. So that tells you that he's not there mentally. He needs to get checked on. He needs to uh, be looked after while he's in the uh jail system i don't know if it's jail or prison one or two is worse i think you got to go to jail first before you go to prison either way um they need to get him into a psychiatric ward and really need to look at him because again you listing i'm listing off all that stuff that he had in his bag and he ends up calling the cops on himself saying that he's suicidal okay that tells you that okay he's admitting that he is wanting help right there just admitting that you're suicidal, you're already admitting that you want help. So that's one thing right there. And you to kill a Supreme Court justice or a, trying to attempt to just by going to their house by doing that, yeah, you need help. And I get it. He said he was angry over the shootings that's happened throughout the uh, weeks and throughout the month and also the leak of Roe v. Wade. Here's the deal, though. You can't be like these other monsters and try to start doing things to people and think that it's going to change and make it turn to people do to what you want them to do. Certain times do, certain times it don't. I know with the shootings at these uh, schools and at these uh, grocery stores and the churches and all that type of stuff, I know we want some type of uh, gun control. I get it. We do. But it's not going to happen. And I know a lot of Americans have said, what about them? If it's not going to effect it's not going to change unless it affects the people that are making the laws and all that type of stuff yes i agree with you guys 100 percent. i've always agreed with you people when they say that because you know why the people that are in power never ever have to think about the people that are not in power you get what i mean if you're in power if you have a million dollars if you've always been rich all your life and then a broke person walks up to you and say uh something like, you don't know what it's like to be in my shoes. And then you start hitting with, you don't like know what it's like to be in my shoes. And I have this, that, that, that. Dog, listen here. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be broke. Being broke is one of the worst things ever for certain individuals. And people are going to say being rich is worse for certain individuals. No. America thrives off being rich in the economy and all that type of stuff. And you get the drift here. Um, Same thing. America thrives off, and the whole world thrives off people in power. And people that makes the decisions and they have the power, they never know what it's like to be a person that doesn't have power. 
They will ever, they will never know that. And if you want something to change, if you are a person that don't have money and don't have all these type of things and you want something to change and work out for you in your way, you got to make the person that has the power, a person that has money, feel what you're feeling. And people think that shooting at these people are going to change their opinion and make them uh, say, yes, we need to have stronger. No, I'm not saying go after these people. Don't do that. I do side with you guys that they're not going to change their idea until something happens to them. I just think that we don't need to try to go up to people and try to start shooting them off to make say, hey, change it now. Do this, do that. No, you guys got to relax and breathe. You guys got to please relax and breathe. Because you know why? The only time people will change things is if they happen to see something that they truly don't like. And that kind of brings me into my next thing where I think we might start getting into some gun laws changing just maybe, just maybe. Um, as this comes from the NBC News, is it put a new wave of first-time gun owners are rushing to buy weapons. And they put black Americans, and they're saying that black Americans are now in waves to start buying weapons as they are the first, this is going to be the first generation of first time gun owners uh, buying guns. As it says, two days after a white man sh shot and killed 10 black people in Buffalo last month, Michael Moody reversed his thinking about possessing a firearm. He had watched the aftermath of the carnage on the news, the anguish of the victims' families, and he decided he needed a gun. Needed, not wanted, he said. After discussing it with his wife, Moody said he left his home in suburban Washington to buy a weapon. He quickly learned he wasn't alone. He was stunned at the number of black people standing in line at the gun shop in Maryland to make a similar purchase. Through chatting with others while waiting, Moody said he learned a lot of us have the same idea. It's getting bad when someone specifically targets black people to shoot. We have to prepare to fight back and you can't survive bringing a, bringing a knife to a gunfight. Moody's sentiments represents one reason the sales of guns to black Americans rose 58% in 2020, the year George Floyd was murdered by a Minnesota police officer, sparking a, national, a nationwide social justice movement. According to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, a firearms trade association, it was the highest bump in gun sales of any ethnicity that year. Further, in the first quarter of 2021, another NSSF report revealed 90% of gun retailers reported a general increase of black customers, including an 87% increase among black women. And you wonder why, said Moody, who works for the federal government. You look at Buffalo and the feeling of this could have been me is there. We could be the next target. And when it's you, what are you going to do? Are you going to run and hide or are you going to be able to protect yourself, protect your family? I don't want a gun. I'm not a gun person, but this world has made me get one. Getting one for my wife next. The foundation said 40% of overall gun sales in 2020 were to first-time gun purchasers. Black gun owners, old and new, say the rise is a byproduct primarily of a heightened fear that could be targeted like those in Buffalo are at Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina in 2015 where nine Black church members were killed by white supremacists. They're talking about Dylan Roof. At that point, anti-black hate crimes rose nearly 40% in 2020, the latest year available according to FBI statistics. Okay, so that tells you right there. Black Americans are now starting to buy guns. They're going to 
there's going to be some type of statistic that says that the people in jail have been always been buying guns. They've been buying it illegally. But okay, here's the deal. Every ethnicity has been buying guns illegally. So I don't want to hear no stat about that. Black people are starting to buy guns in bulks now. I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, I well, a couple of episodes ago, whenever uh, the shootings were constantly going down, I thought about going to a shooting range and now probably might get a gun for myself. I'm still up in the air on that because you know what? Things are changing, times are changing, and I need to evolve or I will perish out here. And I'm not trying to perish. I'm trying to evolve every step and every life, well, every year that I'm on this earth. So if the time calls for me to start shooting and start getting a gun and all this type of stuff, I'm going to have to learn how to shoot a gun. I might have to buy said gun. And that, I hope it doesn't have to get to that point, but it might. And I think a lot of people are going to be afraid when they start seeing black individuals with guns. I think they're going to be afraid of that because it's only going to take one powerful man and or female to raise up black individuals and really have them following their lead and make us following their message. And then when that time comes around, if they start trying to get a revolt or a revolution, if you will, because they're tired of seeing us get killed on the news, I believe that's when we might see some uh, changes being done because people, and I mean, I hate to say this, I I generally don't try to make it racy, but boy, it gets racy on this show and on this uh, thing almost every Sunday. Certain white individuals, the old white individuals that are in politics, that are in the top positions, they are afraid of black people. I have that feeling. So if I think that they're going to be afraid of seeing black people rising up with guns in their hands, I think that's whenever we might start seeing some laws getting changed with the whole gun uh, issues. Who can buy a gun? Who can purchase a gun? What type of background checks needs to be done on this and that and the whole nine yards that's when i think all that stuff is going to start to change i think the nra is going to be still cool with it because the money is green it doesn't matter if you're hispanic black white asian middle eastern they don't care who it is you're buying our weapon and you're putting money into our parking the nra won't care i think that's where we're really going to start seeing people that are in the government official positions start really having a Texas hold off and stare down with the NRA. Like, yo, no, this isn't cool. This isn't right. We got to put certain things in position for this stuff not to happen and blah, blah, blah. Because again, it's always been like that in all of uh, American history. Black person comes to rise. A black person tries to change the world and try to change something. It got to get killed. Uh, <laughs> if you don't, Believe me, look at Martin Luther King Jr. That happened. He was preaching nothing but positivity. Black people, white people coming together and then, pow, died. Um, Malcolm X, first he was on the side of, yo, we got to get guns so we can hold ourselves together and all this type of stuff. And then when he starts changing his ways and starts singing the exact same tune like uh, Martin Luther King, pow, died. And also, I didn't start noticing this until, what, last year, 2021, uh, they had the movie Judas and well, Judas and the Black Messiah. One of the two. It was uh, about the story of Fred Hampton, 
a guy, a black dude out of Chicago who represented a chapter of the Black Panther Party in Chicago. He was doing nothing but trying to rally people together to try to uh, bring the poor people up together, whether you're black, white, whatever, it didn't matter what type of group you belong to, just coming together. And then what happened? People in the government had to plan to assassinate him, and that's what happened. So, again, the government, it has been put down historically, are afraid whenever a black person starts coming to rise in power. So, again, if you want the gun laws to start changing, I think we're going to start seeing a change whenever we start seeing a lot of black people coming together, and there's going to need that one figurehead to uh, lead us all coming together and try to really make the government change their minds and their opinions. Because again, as I said, old white people that are in the government that have the power in there, they're going to see black people with guns and then they're going to be afraid and then they're going to start tucking their tails between their legs and they're going to start saying, okay, now it's time to start making the change. Okay, now we got to start uh, deciding who can buy what and who. But until then, uh, black people, continue to buy your guns, continue to arm yourself and... Uh, hone your craft in that shooting range because we need to start protecting ourselves a lot more. Now, on to another subject. Uh, ABC News has wrote 20 Oxford high school students to file federal lawsuit against school district. As it raids months after four students were killed in a school shooting at Oxford High School in Michigan, 20 students announced Friday they filed a federal lawsuit against the district and several administrators demanding policy changes in part to increase safety at the school. The lawsuit filed in the Southern Division of the Eastern District of Michigan does not seek monetary damages, but among other requests, demands an independent and fully transparent third-party investigation into the actions and events leading up to the November shooting. Oxford Community Schools has declined two offers from the Michigan District Attorney to conduct an investigation into the school shooting, saying it will launch a third-party investigation after the civil cases against the district has been litigated. Ethan Crumley, a student at the school, is now charged with 24 counts after he allegedly shot and killed four of his classmates on November 30th. His parents, Jennifer and James Crumley, are also charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter after allegedly failing to recognize warning signs about their son in the months before the shooting. All three Crumleys have pleaded not guilty. You know what? I'm happy knowing that 20 students, well, maybe that students are starting to um, file lawsuits against schools and the district. Because you know what? Their lives are being put in danger a lot by uh, school officials and people within these powerful positions and powerful uh, spots at the schoolhouses for not doing their job. I'm being serious. School shootings should never, ever happen. And if you mean to tell me that a classmate is able to get in there with a gun and start letting off and killing some of my uh, friends or associates or just plain and simple classmates of mine, you mean to tell me that I can't, I'm going to sue the school. There's no way I'm not suing the school if I was a student. There's no way. Because this is ridiculous. You guys knew about this type of stuff. You guys called the parents down and the parent came in and all this good stuff. And ultimately, the people in charge sent the kid back to the classroom. Oh, my God. How could you guys let that happen? Leading to four kids getting killed. 
I don't understand it myself personally. So I'm glad that the kids here are putting the school at task and basically cracking the whip at them and basically going to sue them and the district. And hopefully that will sh- tighten up, uh, tighten them up. I really do. I really do hope that. It will also go on to say that students are asking a judge to force Oxford Community School District Board and administration to make policy changes the students and parents say they believed are required for effective learning to resume 10 weeks ahead of the new school year, according to a press release. So they're trying to uh, make people be transparent and just make certain changes. That's all the kids are trying to do. They're trying to hold, again, people accountable. It all goes down to accountability, ladies and gentlemen. Once you are held accountable to your actions, guess what happens? You got to do the work to change what you've done. And personally, I think holding people accountable is not a bad thing. Because you know what? When you hold people accountable, again, you make them aware. They either A, change their behavior, or either B, they get thrown into the limelight, and people see exactly what type of person they are. So, I mean, that's the only way it goes about it. And the world's going to see this because if the ABC uh, news don't talk about it on their syndicated television show, I don't know what else they're going to happen. I hope they do that, but we shall see in the further, uh, further days to come along. But again, I'm happy the kids are taking up the school. I really am. I'm, I'm really early uh, hoping things change and I hope that Uvalde should school does uh students do the same thing the parents do because that stuff shouldn't happen I think the Uvalde parents are probably should be able to sue some of the police officers if the if they if they can I'm not sure but I know they probably could uh sue the school districts as well they probably could sue the school for that because they hire or they have the police there and all that type of stuff but hey man again I'm glad that uh the students are taking the control into their hands. Now onto Fox News as it reports that Buffalo shooting suspect judge warns feds about the cost of pursuing death penalty. In the first federal court appearance of accused Buffalo mass shooter Peyton Ginron on new hate crime charges. This is the guy that shot the Buffalo Tops grocery store. Um, the judge warned prosecutors of the high taxpayer expense of seeking the death penalty. During the hearing Thursday, the judge cautioned the government about the expenditures of seeking the death penalty. As he has seen in the past cases, the government spending a lot of taxpayers' money during that process just to later change their mind. So the judge urged the government to make a clear decision as soon as possible. We hear you, New York Assistant U.S. Attorney Joseph M. Trippi responded, promising to convey the message he said next point in the process will be to seek an indictment in the next 30 days and U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland will make the sole decision on whether to seek the death penalty. No plea was entered Thursday and no new court dates were immediately scheduled. Okay, so right now uh, they charged him with 26 counts of hate crimes and firearms offenses which carry the potential of death penalty. Why not give the kid death penalty? Why not? We gave Dylan Roof death penalty. This kid gets the exact same thing. I'm not I'm not I'm not understanding. I understand people say the taxpayers dollars, but when you think this is taxpayer dollars at work here? 
This guy literally went into a black area and he doesn't like black folks, but he literally went there and started shooting up these people. You mean to tell me he don't deserve the death penalty? I'm not, I'm not getting it. Again, just go back to law-abiding citizen stuff. Go and get it. Go and do the death penalty thing. Do not try to pussyfoot around this. You guys have this thing a slam dunk. You guys have it. You guys have all the evidence. You have the stuff from him online, posted it online. You guys have him talking to people, talking about his plans of doing this type of thing. What more do you need? Oh, yeah, and by the way, you have the video of him also shooting up the grocery store. What are we doing? Give this man the death penalty, and if he wants to go to court, guess what? I don't think it's not going to be a jury in America, since, especially since you're in New York, that's going to say, nah, he's not guilty. No, all of them are going to say guilty within that exact day of if you, this thing goes to trial. As soon as the thing says prosecute the jury, you guys can go out there and uh, deliberate. I have no doubt within that verse exact day. Yo, guilty. What are, what are we doing? I guarantee there's a whole lot of going to say, what are we doing? It's guilty. It's guilty time. So give this kid the death penalty. It's time for it. There's time to stop being stupid. Hurry up and give him the death penalty, all right? This is dumb. Go for it all the way. Seek it. I don't care about taxpayers' dollars. Just do it. Now, on to another uh, thing that I personally find ridiculous, and this comes from the Huff Post as it writes, woman lost custody of daughter to her alleged rapist has to pay child support. A Louisiana woman who says she was impregnated during a sexual assault as a teenager lost custody to her daughter to her alleged abuser, ABC affiliate WBRZ reported. A judge has also ordered her to pay child support. A 16-year-old, Krista Abelseth, met John Burns, then 30, in 2005 at a bar in the city of Hammond. He offered to give her a ride home. Instead of bringing me home, he brought me to his house, Krista told WBRZ. Once inside, he raped me on his living room couch. Krista, now 32, says she became pregnant after... The attack. She said most people assumed that the child belonged to her boyfriend at the time, and I let them believe that. Krista told the news station. She went on to give birth to a baby girl and started to rebuild her life. But in 2011, when Krista's daughter was five years old, Burns found out he might have a child and pursued custody. Krista said Burns received 50-50 custody at the time. WBRZ reported that court records showed that a DNA test was performed that provided Burns was the father, but even if the sexual encounter that occurred between the two had been consensual, and Krista maintains it was not, it would have been illegal in Louisiana because the age of consent in the state is 17. In 2015, Krista learned that she was still able to report the rape. I thought if I didn't report Burns the next day, there was nothing I could do. She told a local news outlet, I went on, I went to a trauma counselor and he said, no, you have 30 years after you turn 18. That same year, Krista pressed, pressed criminal charges against Burns for the rape. Krista pressed the charges to her local uh, sheriff's office and the case is still open. I can't say the sheriff's office's uh, name because that is a funky name, but 
Still, Krista said since filing the report nearly a decade ago, nothing has changed. It was never assigned to a detective and nothing was ever investigated, she told the news station. This, unfortunately, is not rare. Three out of four sexual assaults are not reported to the police. According to Rain, R-A-I-N-N, for every 1,000 instances of rape, only 13 are referred to prosecutors and only seven cases lead to a felony conviction. A judge granted Burns full custody of their daughter this year after he alleged Krista gave the teenager a cell phone, according to the news outlet. What? Court records in connection with the case were sealed, meaning that nobody could see it. The outlet reported, he's threatened me multiple times, saying he has connections in the justice system. So I better be careful and he can take her away anytime he wants to. She recalled, I didn't believe him until it happened. Okay, the article will continue to go the further on. And in the news article, they will say that um, Burns' business company, which is a digital branding, has that local police uh, station as a client. And as of Wednesday, the department's name is not featured on the business site. This site also seems to be under construction according to a default page that appears when one clicks on the option for a free quote. Less than 24 hours after Krista's interview with WBRZ on Monday, District Attorney uh, Scott, I can't say my man's name, confirmed he is reviewing the case. So now her case is finally being reviewed. And I, you know what? Men in power or people in power, I'm just not going to throw it a man because it's women too, but it's a rare thing whenever uh, it's been broadcasted out to the world is always the men but here's the thing people in power in general are able to get things tossed out or people not to look their way always money rules everything as i mentioned earlier money and power rule everything and make people not look their way only in certain stories in certain cases where people not care about your money people not care about your power people not care about your influence and they're going to just do the right thing and look into a situation i'm glad that uh krista's story is being looked into her now and um i hope she gets her daughter back you know what having her first and foremost having your rapist or alleged rapist um get control of your child that you carried it you bared and all that type of stuff that is disheartening and that's hell right there off top that's hell because you are sending your child to a person that assaulted you and that's disgusting and now this person gets full custody because in the court paper it says that you gave your daughter a phone and that's the reason how nah fam that that ain't right just off of a phone how no 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 that's stupid so again that tells you right there, there had to be some strings to be pulled because how are you just going to take a person's child, a person's teenager, because somebody gave him a phone? Now, if they she would have gave her drugs or beat her up or all that type of stuff, then I can say, well, okay, well, even though I might not like the dude, eh, he has a right because he's a father and you're beating up on the kid and he might have just did wrong, wrong thing and he might be treating the kid right and all that jazzmatazz but he gets full custody over a cell phone because of a cell phone nah there's inner workings at play there's demons at play on this 
I don't rock with it at all. I'm not liking it. I'm hoping that Krista uh, situation gets figured out. I'm hoping that um, it gets reviewed and it goes to court and she gets her child back, her teenager back, seriously, because uh, this is nasty. Nasty all the way from beginning all the way to end right now. This is disgusting. And uh, praise prayers and uh, prayers and like well wishes to this woman, seriously, because I don't know how it is. Again, I'm a man. So a man can't ever carry a child. A man can only be assaulted, and it's a rarity, but not really rarity. It's a rarity when a man speaks up about it, but women frequently, more constantly than men speak about it whenever they do get assaulted, and women are the ones carrying a child. So I don't know, as a man, how... I don't know how I could put myself in a woman's shoe in that situation. I just know me hearing about it and me with the heart that I have and me having the type of emotions I have for family, I would hurt this man personally if somebody were to do something to a person that I love. I would have to hurt that person. So, um, again, just uh, love and light and prayers to uh, Krista here, and I hope that everything is uh, situated. Now, onto the last topic of today is coming from E! News. Murder victim sister asking Hulu to remove dead asleep doc done without family permission. Brooke Preston's sister is calling for the removal of a Hulu documentary centered around her murder. Almost six months after Dead Asleep was released, Jordan Preston continues to speak out against the doc, which Hulu touts on his website as a groundbreaking new spin on the true crime genre that explores if Brooke's convicted killer, Randy Herman Jr. did really commit a brutal murder in his sleep. Not only has Jordan launched a change.org petition asking Hulu to remove the film, which includes interviews with Herman from the streaming platform, but she's also harnessed the power of social media to raise awareness that the documentary was made without her family's consent. In a video posted on TikTok this week, Jordan shared that she was recently contacted by Delta Airlines about how the company was removing the dock from all their aircrafts as in-flight entertainment after her family petition against the film. Never stop fighting for the ones you love, she wrote, adding in the caption of her post, Thank you, Delta. I truly hope Hulu follows in your footsteps and chooses human decency over profit. E! News reached out to Delta for comment but did not hear back. A Hulu spokesperson declined to comment when reached by E! News. When reached out by E! News. As of June 15th, her petition has received over 134,000 signatures. In its description, Jordan said she and her family do not approve of Dead Asleep and their hope is to stop this from airing entirely. We clearly will never be given the opportunity to grieve in peace, she shared. My sister deserves more. My family deserves more. Our friends and community deserves more. Uh, Brooke was stabbed to death in 2017 while living with Herman, her childhood friend in West Palm Beach, Florida. She was 21. Okay, so this kind of goes along with what's going down in Hollywood for years and years. There's always been some type of documentary or... Uh, non-authentic biopic of people's lives being um, told without certain people's approval, certain families' approval, all this type of stuff. This has constantly been the thing in Hollywood. If people don't like being portrayed in certain lights, they now have the internet to 
uh, say, hey, yo, this ain't right, or, yo, take this down, or this and that. We've seen that with Winning Time. There was a uh, show on HBO that uh, talked about the early stages of the Los Angeles Lakers, and it was reported that Magic Johnson didn't like the way that he was being um, portrayed on Winning Time. there was other NBA players that was on there. I believe they even said, like, Jerry West. He didn't like how he was being portrayed on the show. So now that brings me to when are we going to really get in contact with families or people to really be like, okay, this is what we're doing. You either can um, agree to come and chat with us and we'll do it your way. At least you have control of the narrative or... We're going to do it this way because certain people are hell-bent. They're going to make a dollar off of it because they believe that people need to know about it, but they're going to spend it their way. And they're going to say, well, at the end of the show, they're going to say, well, we gave the person the time. to We contacted them and they said they didn't want to uh, come along or comment at the moment. I mean, there's been shows and documentaries, again, that do that. So for me, I'm glad that this, uh, I'm glad that uh, Jordan... Preston was able to speak out against the doc because you know what? Certain people, they don't like documentaries that uh, depict uh, a killing of a loved one. The scar is still fresh to them. They got to now see on Twitter and get tagged on it because, again, this is the social media age. People have Twitter, people have Facebook, people have Instagram. You could tag somebody and it could pop up on their mention. And I mean, by God, it's so easy to do. And she can get bombarded by this. Hulu documentary, and I wouldn't know how to feel. I know I'll be probably pissed off. I ain't gonna hold nobody. I know I'll be pissed about somebody making a documentary about my brother getting killed or my sister getting killed, and uh, they're talking to the person, and they... No. I'll be upset royally. So, I know that she's upset. I just think that human decency needs to take over on this type of situation. I believe that if the case is big, like a big national thing, I mean, yeah, sure, you can do some type of documentary on it. I mean, come on. It's easy to do if it's a big national thing, but this was not a big national thing. I never knew nothing about this until literally pulling up this article and start reading about it, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is almost like every other thing. But, like, if it's a big national thing, like, okay, uh, take, for example, uh, the Kevin Spacey joint. Kevin Spacey was part of the Me Too thing. He was around that time. He's starting to now have a trial over there in England right now for his sexual assault uh, charges. And if people want to do a documentary on him, I understand exactly why. And I'm like, okay, cool that he's a national figure. He's a public figure, too, so you actually have some reign on that ability. But whenever it's like uh, local people that are just normal people is in one type of town or something, and you get a big old documentary that wants to do a piece on this crime thing. No, you need to talk to the family. You need to talk to the people that actually knew the people that are in play with this uh, crime to see if it's okay to talk to them and see how they feel about it and all that type of stuff. Again, Hollywood is Hollywood. They're nasty. They make their money. They do whatever they got to do. I just feel that certain places need some common decency. That's just my personal opinion. And if you do not like it, if somebody makes a documentary about you, I want people to understand you have the internet. You can easily start tagging away and start clipping away and try to get people to follow you up on your petitions or follow you up on your hashtag, your trends or whatever. Trust me, people are more 
incentivized to join you whenever they see what you're fighting for and all that type of stuff. Because if they don't feel that it's right, guess what? They're going to join you with your uh, whole thing. So I'm happy for uh, Jordan Pearson. I really am because that type of stuff is disgusting. And I don't like uh, people's misfortunes to be taken advantage, especially for other people's gains. That's nastiness. And um, I hope people understand that Hollywood's going to continue to do that. So again, for everybody's understanding, use social media. Use it. Use it for you. Use it for whatever you got to do. And please make sure that uh, if anybody tries to go at your uh, business or your family uh, situation, please know that you can use social media. And people, regular people like myself, will gather and uh, join your crusade. Now, with all that being said, let me get you guys out of here. You can find My Two Cents Podcast on Twitter at My Two Cents Pod. You can find me on Instagram at my two cents pod G2. You can find me on YouTube. Not YouTube, God. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube too, but you can find me on uh, Yahoo. My email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. If you do find me on YouTube, it's going to be the exact same thing. My two cents, uh, my two cents, all one word. It's nothing but audio. You're not seeing my face on it. Um, again, I do put the, um, suicide highline always in the descriptions of the episode because i want people to continue to live i want people to uh continue to breathe and live on because you don't know who you're brightening up their day by seeing you you might feel bad you might feel that nobody cares for you and all that but trust me somebody cares for you believe me okay call this number please continue to live out your life all right um, I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Audible, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, all the other podcast uh, places that have me there too. Because again, they constantly allow me to do what I want to do. They allow me to uh, talk my talk either on Saturdays for wrestling or today, Sundays for news uh, topics. I'm really appreciated of that and I really do thank them. And I thank you guys for listening and downloading and uh, listening to me because you guys can do anything else in this world. You guys could be listening to music or listen to other podcasts or listen to radio, whatever. But you guys listen to me, so I really do appreciate you guys. So, always remember. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you all. I thank you. Please have a great, safe Sunday. Please be careful on the roads. People are dicks out here. It's starting to get hot out here. It's summer. Please stay hydrated. And uh, yeah, just have a good Sunday. Again, happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth to people. And just please be safe. And with that, this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice. This has been my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. He is I and I am him. I love you all. God bless. And with that all being said, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Jesus wept.